0: Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Welcome back to the Lock. On Diamondbacks Podcast, you're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always wonderful, and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer, Miller Thomas. So please, go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages, to my articles, to my photos, and my graphic design. For today's show, we're talking about... The first game of the NLDS, and we'll even take a look at the second game of the ALDS. I just want to talk mostly playoffs on this podcast. I'll get into some D backs talk throughout the week as well, but I'm really excited for the playoffs right now, so I really just want to talk some playoff baseball in today's pod, so that's what we'll do. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Diamondbacks are listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates to the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks@gmail.com at to find out more. Now, I first want to start off with Game 1 of the Marlins versus Braves. I thought that was a pretty spicy game one yesterday. Uh, Cunha Jr. made history by leading off the game for the Braves in their NLDS opener with a home run. And after he got uh, after that home run, he was later hit by pitch as well. Uh, I guess the Braves or not the Braves, I guess the Marlins didn't like it too much. Acuna got things going for the Braves in the bottom of the first when he sent Alcantara second pitch into the right center for a home run. He watched it for a second, then he flipped that bat as he should, as he should, because he's only 20, 22 years old, became the youngest player in postseason history with the lead off home run. But then, uh, the next time up, in the third inning, Acuna was nailed by a 98-mile-per-hour fastball, so you don't like to see that, but you know the coaches went to the mound, you know there was some discussion, some talk, a couple of warnings being thrown out, but the Braves were getting a little bit to the Marlins' psyche, and the Marlins weren't in this game, the, the Braves really haven't had to put on a big offensive showing in that first round in the wildcard round against the Reds, they held them to no earned runs, so they well they didn't allow earned runs so they didn't really need to score a ton of runs in that wild card round. But today the the Marlins actually showed up on the offensive end. Even though Acuna got the scoring started in the bottom of the first with a solo dolo, in the top of the second Rojas had his own solo dolo home run for the Marlins. And then in the third inning, the Marlins rattled off was that couple of runs. They they rattled off three runs in the top of the third inning. So they were up 4 to 1 by the top of the third by the by the top of the third and it looked like the Braves were going to need to do something different in this one if they wanted to win this game because they haven't had to face adversity like that. I already said against the Reds, the Reds weren't scoring runs, so Braves didn't really have to worry about anything in that department. Their pitching was stout. Their pitching was in unison with what the offense was doing, but Max Fried in the game against the Marlins actually got hit around a little bit. He's been so good this year, but in that game against the Marlins, he only went four innings with four earned runs, four strikeouts and one home run allowed, so he got hit just a little bit, just enough to take him out of his rhythm, out of the swing of things, and... The Marlins were getting to him. They took that 4-1 to lead, but the Braves in the bottom of the third responded with their own run scored and another run scored, so they at least cut it to one. They get they cut it to a 4-3 deficit, but in the bottom of the seventh, the Braves' bats came alive again, and they put on some runs with six in that bottom of the seventh, and overall, it was a great offensive day by the Braves, who had a Darno home run. You had a Dansby Swanson home run. You had the Acuna Jr. home run, so they got... Three home runs out their offense. They put nine runs on the board. And they got to the Marlins' best pitcher, Alcantara, who went six innings. But he gave up five earned runs. He did have eight strikeouts, which is nice. But one home run allowed as well. And then their next bullpen guy who came in, he only went a third of an inning because he gave up three earned runs as well. So the Braves did a great job of attacking the pitching in this one. The Marlins were doing a good job attacking the pitching, too, and they their offense was fine as well. They had nine hits. They scored five runs, so they looked fine, but the Marlins were really patient in this one, or not super patient, but they were just really patient at the plate with their at-bats, and they were great at just making contact. They had 12 hits, and when it came to runners and scoring position, the Marlins were three for eight. Or the Marlins were three for seven. The Braves were three for eight. So there wasn't much difference in that department. The Braves just got a lot of home runs and were, their swings just led to more runs on the board at once. So a great game one win for the Braves, who I picked to win this series. So we'll see how the rest of this shit. <laughs> we'll see how the rest of this series shakes out. And starting today for the Marlins and Braves, it looks like it's going to be Pablo Lopez against Ian Anderson, two pitchers who had a really good years. So we'll see how that game goes today. But great win, great game one win by the Atlanta Braves against the Miami Marlins. Now let's shift gears and talk about that Padres Dodgers game because. I thought that was a pretty interesting game as well. I thought the Padres' bats were going to come a little bit more alive, but no— the Padres were padring it up a little bit. They had a couple errors that scored some earned runs. And this, if you're a Padres fan, you do have to be concerned with Mike Clevenger. He left this game with another injury, the same one that already sidelined him and delayed his postseason debut. So you don't like to see that. He only made it through one inning. And he didn't even give up an earned run, so you know it must have been bad. He did have three walks, so you know he must have been in pain uh, if that happened. And the bullpen did pretty good for a while but eventually the dodgers got to them in the 6th inning they put 4 runs on the padres head in the 6th inning and i thought i thought it was a i thought it was a good day for the dodgers who didn't do overly too much but they were good with the this was the game where i need to say they were patient because the dodgers were super patient in this one because they got 10 walks in this game they had nine walks before Mookie Betts even had his first hit, so they were definitely laying back. And pretty much any Padres pitcher that came in had a, had a couple walks allowed or at least one walk. Most of them did, not all of them, but the Dodgers, they were just patient no matter who came in, and they just did what they needed to do. They just executed a lot in that sixth inning. You saw them put... What was it? Four runs on in the sixth inning. And it was a little bit of sloppy play for the the Padres today. It, it was one of the reasons that led to some earned runs. You saw Jake Cronenworth. They only had one error, but the Jake Cronenworth throw led to some Dodgers scoring, so you don't like to see that. And Walker Buehler was not overly dominant. Like, he was dominant, but not dominant at the same time. He went four innings, only gave up one earned run. Had eight strikeouts, but four walks and four innings. You know, that's a little bit of a, of a concern, but Dustin May came in. He shut things down, and the rest of the bullpen did as well for the Dodgers. So if you're the Padres, you definitely want your offense to pick it up a little bit. You only had three hits as a team compared to the Dodgers, who didn't hit the ball well either. They only had four hits as a team as well, but they had the 10 walks, which really saved them. And they only had seven strikeouts, the Dodgers did, compared to the 14 that the Padres had. So the Dodgers pitching really stepped up in Game 1 against the Padres, really quieted those at bat. Fernando Tatis was 1-4, for four, but had three strikeouts. Manny Machado 0-4 oh with one strikeout, so... The Padres' best hitters didn't really do anything with their pitching. They're starting pitching. Mike Clevenger coming out early, which is not a good game one for the Padres. A bad omen to start the series, but. Who knows what, you know, I keep saying, we'll see what tonight says. Just keep throwing out the cliches, but the Padres started tonight's undecided right now according to ESPN, but we should see Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. So honestly, if you're a Padres fan, that should make you excited. I'm not scared of Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. So if you're a Padres fan, this is your chance to make uh, this is the game tonight to make or break, honestly, this series. Because if you could get to Kershaw, you could attack the, the Dodgers' spirit. You could break their spirit, honestly. And maybe not break their spirit. Maybe that's too strong. But... It can definitely start raising questions in the back of their head. You can definitely put some doubt in their minds when they see Kershaw on the mound struggling again. So this could be a big game for the Padres tonight. And you definitely don't want to fall down 0-2 in the series. So if the Padres win tonight against Kershaw and have a great offensive performance, I think that's going to be pretty powerful for the rest of the series. Now, coming up, I'll talk about the ALDS and how yesterday's games went. But first... When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., or ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmates Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code On. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code On.
2: And free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to it, and let's talk about the ALDS, and let's first start with the Astros versus A's, and this was uh, another good game. All these playoff games have been pretty good and pretty interesting. Springer hit two home runs in this one. The man has been going off. Springer is a beast, honestly, when it comes to playoffs. He's one of those guys that just step up when the pressure meets the road, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'm just a big cliche guy, but... When the lights are the brightest, let's just say George Springer steps up and Springer has 17 postseason postseason home runs tied for Nelson Cruz and Jim Tomei for most through a player's first 54 career postseason games. Five of Springer's postseason homers have come at Dodger Stadium where the Astros beat the Dodgers in Game 7 of the 2017 World Series. So George Springer is definitely the man for this Astros team right now, he, he's I don't want to say caring but he's doing a lot of this work but they got other guys in this team performing as well and you got the two home runs from George Springer which definitely is much needed but Martin Maldonado also had a home run in this one uh, and it was needed because outside of George Springer Martin Maldonado it wasn't getting they weren't getting too much from the rest of this Astros lineup uh, Altuve was 0 for 3 in this one. Only 1 for 4 for Brantley. 0 for 3 for Bregman. So a lot of these guys didn't have a great offensive showings last night. 0 for 3 from Carlos Correa. So they didn't get a ton of offense, but they got just enough uh, uh, to beat the A's because the A's are really the team that's struggling with offense. They just they, they just couldn't get anything going in this one. You had a Chris Davis home run, but that seems to be really one of the only forms of offense for the A's. And they even had another home run, too, by Pinder. But two solo home runs is not going get, to get the job done for you. And this was just a great pitching performance by the Astros starter Valdez, who really saved the bullpen in this one for the Astros. He went seven innings, which I would have to. It has to be one of the longest starts in this postseason so far. I know Kershaw went eight innings and in one start. He has to be top three, honestly, because most of these pitchers in the postseason haven't gone super deep into their game. So Valdez giving his uh, bullpen a break is awesome, man. He gave up two home runs, but as I said, they were only solo home runs. And the bullpen came in and just shut things down for the Astros. So I know they got to be confident and they got to be feeling good that their bullpen could be, that their bullpen could do things like that. But for the A's, Their starting pitcher went four and a third, gave up four earned runs and two home runs as well, so you don't like to see that. And they just couldn't, as I said, get anything going on offense. I just don't think – I just don't like this A's team. I don't like their starting lineup. I like Marcus Simeon. I I like a couple of the other guys, but I don't think their starting lineup is that strong. I mean, if you look at their batting averages right now through the playoffs, you have Simeon at 571, Chris Davis at 571, Piscotty at 500. And then outside of those three who are batting above 500, no one else is batting above 200. I mean, Pinder is the fourth highest at 200. Then you got two other guys. What, three guys batting below 350? Got two guys batting just zero. They haven't got a hit yet in the in the postseason. Ramon Laureano's batting zero so far. I guess not the postseason. I guess these averages would be for the uh, divisional series. I'm not entirely too sure, honestly. It might be for the whole postseason, or it might just be for the divisional series. But either way, a lot of these A's hitters or batters aren't coming through like they needed. And the starting pitching just wasn't good enough today. So let me take a look real quick to see who's on the mound today for both of these teams. And it looks like it's going to be Jesus Lizardo for the A's. And it's going to be Jose Urquidy. Urquidy. Jose Urquidy for the Astros. I struggle with a lot of these names, and I don't. I'm not a big fan of Lorzato I, I don't think he had a su, uh, supremely strong year. He had a 4.12 ERA, so it wasn't like he was bad or anything. But I don't think he's an overly dominant pitcher. And Urquidy had a has a 2.73 ERA from the regular season. He only made five starts, but he was pretty effective in his five starts. So I definitely like Urquidy in this matchup. So hopefully the A's score some runs today if they want any chance of winning this series now let's wrap it up by talking about the last game of the night and it was probably the most surprising game of the night too Rays beating the Yankees I don't know if anyone could have saw this but it was a huge offensive showing for the Rays in this one they out yankeed the Yankees we know the Yankees love to hit home runs Stanton had two home runs in this game I mean, Stanton had just been a power monster so far in the playoffs. But the, the Rays out Yankee the Yankees. Zunino hit a home run. Meadows had a home run. Margot had a home run. God, this last guy's name's gonna going to kill me. Ara Zarina had a home run. So four home runs for the Rays in this one. Really, you know, put the Yankees to bed, honestly. And the Yankees couldn't really get any starting pitching going. They had Garcia start this game but after one inning. He was done. They put in J.A. Happ after that, who's been a starter in their rotation most of the season. But they used him as a long relief guy yesterday. I guess they didn't feel like Garcia had the stuff yesterday and they wanted to go with a more bullpen game. Garcia is the youngest uh, pitcher ever to start a postseason game for the Yankees. Only 21 years old. He's actually younger than me. I'm 22, about to turn 23 this month, which is pretty scary to say myself, but... Great game by the Rays on the offensive side. They really showed the Yankees who the be- better team is offensively, and pitching wasn't great in this one. Glassno got the win. Uh, he was solid, but not great. He had four earned runs allowed, two home runs allowed, but he did have ten strikeouts, but three walks too. Don't like to see that. J.A. Happ, this was really a game where the Yankees wanted to spell him. They just want to use Garcia as an opener, I guess, but both of them were just weren't that effective in this game. Garcia had a 27-pitch first inning where he gave up a home run, and then Jay Happ went two and two thirds and gave up four earned runs and two home runs as well. So those guys didn't look good. The Yankees' pitching wasn't good in this game. That's the biggest concern for the Yankees. We know they can smash home runs, but like I think this has just been the Yankees' mo since the 0-9 World Series. Like they're a team whose pitching has been solid, whose whose pitching can be really good at times, but really they're just a, a home run or way they're they're one they're like a three point shooting team in basketball. They live and die by the home run, like how some teams live and die by the three, like the Houston Rockets. And the Yankees live and die by the home run. And sometimes in the playoffs, you're just going to face better pitching and you're going to die more often than not. So the Yankees did not survive this postseason game. And on the mound tonight for both of the teams, you're going to see Charlie Morton of the Rays versus Tanaka of the Yankees. Tanaka got shelled in his last start, but he's been a great postseason pitcher throughout his career. And Morin's a pretty good pitcher, or Morton's a pretty good pitcher himself. So let's see how that matchup shakes up tonight. If Tanaka is good and he is the Tanaka we've seen, then the Yankees would definitely win. I mean, that's a pretty obvious statement. If your pitcher pitches well, you should win the game. But Yankees can win games without their pitcher's pitchers pitching well, but I think they would rather see a Tanaka great start than see a Yankees try to win a shootout uh, 9-8, to something like that. So let's see what that, you know, another cliche, let's see how that game shapes up tonight, but definitely a great one, win by the Rays, even though I picked the Yankees, I definitely want to see the Rays win that series. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow where I'll talk about more of the playoffs, get more of my reactions and insight. And as always, don't forget to check out our sponsors. Go to Postmates.com. Use promo code On to get $100 of free delivery credit. And as always, stay healthy and stay safe out there. Peace.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast
1: ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.